Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live, and tonight it is our privilege to have Terry Notary, who is starring in uh, Jordan Peele's upcoming movie, Nope, and let's see, he's also been Kong in Kong Skull Island, King Kong himself, in the Planet of the Apes movies, and of course, more famously and more recently, you've played Cull Obsidian in the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Terry, welcome. How are you doing tonight? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is our honor great to have show. you here, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. So we talked about Nope. Nope is being released uh, at the end of next month, uh, Friday, July 22nd. Yeah. It's coming out in theaters. Uh the synopsis, give us a broad general idea of just what the synopsis of this movie is about. Well, it's a Jordan Peele film, and so it's very top secret. <laughs> um, there's not a lot I can reveal, but um, I can tell you it's going to be suspenseful and epic. Um, I think it's I think it's the biggest film he's made. Uh, really? You know, date. So it's, it's, it's as far as scope and and story and um you know biz effects um so you know when they called me i was uh, you know jordan called and said hey you want to i want you to play this part would you do it and i was like yes you know and let me read the script what is it? <laughs> so, that's and awesome we just uh we just had a few jam sessions on on scope on uh, on zoom and uh and it was just uh we just hit it off from the very get-go and, and I just knew it was going to be uh, a really cool character to play. So I, I'm, I, I, I can't tell you what it is. No, um, no, we know that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a, it's pretty scary. Um, I think I, uh, the suspense, I, I got to see the, I got to see the um, footage when I did some ADR and uh it was um it was good what was it like stepping into the horror genre uh, you don't you have a lot of horror in your past work and walking in and it's not probably it's not your first but doing horror with jordan peele what was that whole experience like uh it was like jamming with a good musician it was like just <laughs> awesome you know i i i wanted to prepare but i didn't want to prepare i kind of want to stay really open with it and just kind of let the flow happen on the on the set which i i really kind of like to do um is you know prepare enough to where i have a good sort of direction to just kind of propel myself and then just find things and discover them along you know as we're as we're performing as i'm performing so um it was it was kind of i like to work that way i like to improvise on the spot um and and just let things come up you know, and then he finds things that he's that he likes, and he goes, "Oh, do that more. Do that. You know, that's that's the direction we want to go, or nice. go back here. You know." And so it's kind of like you give him a little banquet of of uh, opportunity, and then uh, and then he, uh, you know, can sort of pick and choose and, and sort of guide and mold. You know, my performance. Would you say Jordan, uh, behind the camera as a director, really gives his actors a lot of freedom to explore and see what they can do with their character? Yeah, I think all the best directors that I've worked with do that. You know, they really have this ability to um, to know what they want, but to also know that um, there's probably options that are going to be better and that they haven't thought of. Yeah. So it's really good to have great ideas as a director, but it's also good to have 
that eye and that ability to collaborate um, with, you know, with the ideas that kind of flow and happen and, mm -hmm. and to recognize those opportunities and to, to shape them uh, to fit your story. And, and, and that's, that's what he does. He's, he does it masterfully. He's, he's an actor himself. So yeah. he knows how to, to, to direct actors. He knows that, that you need space, you need freedom, but you also need direction. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like, you know, it's training a dog on a leash, you know, it's really <laughs> is. You want to give it enough, you want to give it enough freedom to where it feels like it's, you know, it's its own self, its own performance. It's, it's the ownership of its of itself. But at the same time, you want to direct it and guide it into, you know, the story that you need to tell. Absolutely. Um, and, and witness those opportunities as they arise and, and sort of capitalize on, on, you know, the, the paint that you're painting with, exactly. you know, sometimes the paint makes, makes good mistakes and you recognize that and you're, you're like, Ooh, okay, this is better than I thought, you know? And it's, 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 it happens for me too. You know, it's like, yep. when I feel that freedom, I can kind of go to that place where I kind of transcend past that two dimensional self and, and trust that things will happen. And yeah. Don't try to plan them. Don't try to plan them and try, I don't try to say, okay, well, I'm going to hit that and then I'm going to do over there and then I'm going to do this, you know, I know I'm going to finish something. I know, I know my objective is and it's how it happens is going to happen. Exactly. And you just got to trust that process. And, and that's the biggest challenge I think for, for actors and for performers is to, is to trust the, um, trust that, that process of, 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 of trusting, you know, yeah. trusting the, that that things will happen. Things are going to work out. Your gut instinct. Well, I got to make something happen. Yeah. So you don't do anything until the inspiration happens, and then mm -hmm. whoa, okay, now I've got some real fuel here that is organic and it's 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 true, and I can follow that. You know, absolutely. And that leads to the next thing. And that leads to the next thing, and then, you know, it, it it just then you're just on this ride. You know? Oh yeah. You just become this vehicle of expression on this ride of of you know it, of opportunities that happen and and, and we'll, you know <laughs> uh before we go deeper into detail about your other roles you and andy circus are like the top two what i you know call like special character vfx type actors in hollywood uh first of all are you and andy friends we're like best friends so he's like we've done 10 films together so we just have an amazing relationship. He's an incredible person. He's just the most generous, you know, amazing, talented person I've ever met. And I mean, you can't, you can't get a better guy than him. He's really, truly, yeah. you know, top, top, awesome, awesome dude. Um, and our families, you know, we have kids and they like to get together and, you know, it's, it's cool. So, um, I'm actually going to call him after this call. Um, <laughs> um, but um, we're, we're, we're talking about something that we're going to work on. But, um, but so, yeah. So what, a, would you, what would you say uh, with the types of roles that you guys do, these very complicated VFX roles? What I mean, you guys are so good at it, both of you. Uh, what is it? What does it take? I know you have a background in gymnastics and choreography. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, how big does that play into your performance? Yeah, I started as a gymnast and then, you know, I was, a, I was really regimented in gymnastics and gymnastics has got 
a bit, bit of a military, military, you know, structure to it, you know, so you really learn technique and foundation and you learn body awareness and all that. And then I joined Cirque du Soleil for, uh, I joined Mystere, the original cast of that. So I did, I did that for like four years. And um, that's when I really learned how to like express myself. I wasn't being judged in gymnastics, like being judged, you try not to make mistakes. Yeah. And in Cirque, I learned that I was just performing to show them what I could give them, you know, rather than being not making mistakes. So it was a whole different switch in the mindset. It was it allowed me to learn what it meant to be a performer, and it also allowed me to to learn that making mistakes was really a big, huge process in creating something organic and real and, 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 and amazing because in the mistakes you find the gems you find those 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 little gems you're like oh wow I would never have done that unless yeah. I had made that mistake and now I can go and try to polish this and make you know put that in the dialogue book and here's oh my god this is something else that the character does this is what he, you know brought him to this point and, and so you you just you play like a child and you you allow yourself to make mistakes and because mistakes aren't mistakes you know so yep. they're they're kind of like you, you, you go oh that's not it okay great you know it's not you don't judge yourself and so you have this kind of childlike freedom in the play of of discovering a character which is which is really really important in the very beginning um it, it, one of the most important things is is to not come in with a you know, too many ideas on what it is, you know, yeah. you, you kind of want to have a, a, a starting point where you go, okay, I, I, I know, I think I know kind of what this character is, but yeah. I don't want to put myself in a box and start to, you know, limit anything that I discover, right? Yeah. And so you try to go to the end, you go way past where it is and, and you find what it isn't. Yeah. Then you kind of go, oh, okay. I found all these gems along the way. You know the way, there. the way you described it uh, with the the entertainment and being scored. That's like the perfect definition between entertainment and co and competitive uh, sports. You know, yeah. being yeah. judged. It's and... funny because yeah, that through line is very similar though. Um, with sports that what you can bring and what I teach when I, I, I do a lot of workshops I teach a lot of actors what performance and character work as well you know so I'm a, when I'm not performing I'm, I'm usually coaching um, and one of the things about I call it the optimal state of performance is that is that mindset that dropping in yeah. that sort of allowing yourself to transcend past the identity of who you are and that that second that two-dimensionality right of, yep. of me you know and my story and, and 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 the awareness of yourself and and when actors can learn to drop in and transcend past so that everything else becomes more important than them then then you can reel in the integrity so you still have the integrity within yourself but you're transcending past and you're able to become this vehicle that the audience can vicariously live through and go wow look at how vulnerable they are exactly to it, right? that's, that's... So the vulnerability we're taught we're taught the vulnerability is is a weakness you know no. and it really is a strength vulnerability is when you're 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 made of energy you're 99.999 energy and the rest is empty space and yep. when you think of that concept 
all you are is emitting you're emitting and receiving energy and we feel that we yeah. feel that and and so when you feel an emotion the cells in your body change they they like change and there's that invisible magic that happens when you see a performance and you're like wow they're not doing that much. they don't even have to do that much they just transform the the energy in their body and we feel that as an audience even through, even through film. Exactly. And as an audience, you don't feel it's a performance. You feel like you're right there in it with them. And and that's They're the beauty of it. it. Yeah, It's true. They're living it. They're allowing that moment to unfold in time. And that moment will unfold and it envelops another moment that wraps up another set of intentions and ideas and energy. And then you listen and you receive and listen and and emit and remote you know so so it's it's life it's yeah. a, it's a it's, it's like it's allowing yourself to to live in the moment without trying exactly and, and so the effortlessness the 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 undoing of effort is a huge huge part of, of acting and, and performing um because when you get into the mindset of of effort well that that brings tension to the extrinsic body and that limits the expressive freedom that you have in your energetic body to to transcend into that third dimension and, and it sounds esoteric but it's not it's, it's simple concept of yeah. energy management and and fear plays a lot of a big part in that because when a lot of actors will come in and I'll, and I'll, I'll talk to them and then we'll start working on something and I can see that there is, the fear will come in and it's like, Oh, you just lost me. I'm dead. Now you're two dimensional. What happened? You can see the fear coming. Exactly. You saw that? Well, yeah, we, we all saw it. We all witnessed that. We understand it because we see it. We feel it in you. Right. And so what, what, what I teach is I teach when you feel fear, to look at it differently, you look at it as fuel. Like, yeah, it's like you take it as a child, like it, like you, you look and you go, you embrace it and you take it and you kind of go, and you dissolve its power to manifest your fear into reality where you, because if you, if you feel fear, it's an idea of failure that you can try to fight, but then when you fight it, you actually give it power. So it builds like a wave and that wave will eventually yeah, crash and break. And, and you go, yep, I knew it. I knew I was going to mess up. I, I was on this, you know, little trip and I, 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 I felt it was going to happen and I, I proved myself right. So you manifest your own destiny, right? In yeah. the way you approach fear, energy, right? And yeah. so, but when you can embrace fear and you take it and you go turn that into into energy it's high octane fuel absolutely now the technical term in entertainment about the roles the big blockbuster roles that you've done whether it's planet of the apes king kong uh the avengers it's called uh motion capture mocap uh for Mm -hmm. for short it's very physically intensive um now you describing what you were describing about energy and transcending fear and so on what would you say has been the most um physically challenging motion capture role that you have done to date um well I, you know the apes the apes films are are very 
challenging physically, you know, I'm because, you know, I mean, you're, 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 you're being super efficient. You're, you have integrity. There's intent. There's, it's the, it's the optimal self, right? Yeah. It, it was when you play an eight, you have to, you have to undo all, all the social conditioning. You have to sort of decondition yourself into like being selfless, right? And that's what, I mean, at least that's what I played with my character, Rocket. Rocket. Others were selfish and, you know, different, but, but that regardless, the foundation of an ape is dropping in and allowing yourself to really embody this, this, this root that you have, this, this like primal self, right? And, you know, you, you kind of undo this cerebral driven mindset that we're kind of been conditioned into with, with, you know, everything is, there's so much stimulus, so yeah. much input. And it's, it's most of it's pointless and, and useless anyways. And, but we just assimilate and try to try to file it away and it, it becomes very distractive and, and point to point and, and undoing that is a challenge and it's a physical, I mean, quadrupending and running around and all the physical stuff is, you know, is difficult. Um, but the most challenging was making it easy as yeah. you did that, making it simple, undoing the effort. Taking out the human aspect of it. Yeah. And it was the, it was the, it was the mindset that was behind it. Like, you would go this way rather than, you know, make an idea and the idea would have to formulate into the action. No, but the action happens with the idea as one, right? So it was like, there's this fluidity and this kind of continuity between the mind and the body wow. that is the best challenge. So it's, it's like undoing that the, the, the instinctual nature that we have to jolt into this, I, I, I'm gonna go now, where you're two-dimensional and you're full of tension and you're and you're you know you're you're, you're acting on your your mind and your judgment rather yeah. than connection with it and so and so that was challenging and it was really fun to teach that to people because they once they got it it was like oh my god i don't have to do anything it's like yeah, you undo all the crap that we learned, right? Exactly. I mean, when exactly. you're a child, when you're a five-year-old kid sitting at the beach, you got this beautiful posture connecting, you're just looking, it's like, why is that child so beautiful? Because there's no tension. There's no, there's no, there's no sense of like, me exactly. my little, you know, reason that I'm here, you know, and, 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 you know, when we hit like 10, 11 years old people say hey stop daydreaming you know because you're daydreaming looking at the clouds and, you know, oh yeah i gotta get to work you know you're gonna bring tension because i'm gonna be rewarded for that and so we're rewarded for effort and then and then but we have to do what we have to do is we have to get back to undoing that mindset of i'm gonna work hard and be rewarded for it with all this tension rather than just make it easy Wow, I gotta say, Terry, just watching you and your expression—it it just seems—it's amazing. It just in this interview, where you're not acting, you're not performing, it all just comes flowing through your facial expressions, and I'm sure the audience is picking up on it as well. So, going from an ape to the Avengers, the now you're now you're an alien. Okay, you're 
You're Thanos' right-hand man, call Obsidian, in the Marvel Cinema Universe, two of the biggest blockbusters of all time. How do you approach now becoming a, a person not of planet Earth and a bad guy yeah. on top of it as well? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything else. You kind of just, you kind of try to find the character. You get into, um, I play, you you make mistakes. And, you know, what really came together for me with that character was it didn't speak until until I said, you know what, he needs a voice. He needs to have intelligence. You need to have something where he can speak and communicate mm -hmm. and have dialogue happening inside there, you know? And so when he was like, and they were like, ooh. That's cool. Because I was like, I just woke up three in the morning one morning and I was like, you know, and I was like, this kind of feels like him, you know? So I'm going to start working on some dialogue and I'm going to pitch it to the guys, to the brothers. And, and they, lo and behold, they liked it. And uh, so I just improvised my dialogue on the, on the spot and it was, it worked. And it was, uh, it gave him, that was really the, the route that really kind of got, okay, cool. Now I've got, I've got intention that's not just I'm gonna bleep you, you know. Yeah. It was it was a sensitivity in behind him. And, you and, gave him a personality. You gave him, you know, yeah, yeah a soul yeah. for lack but, of a better term. You know, so, so many other, you know, every character is so different, and every actor is so different when you're working on different characters with actors. It's like everybody has a blueprint, you know, that of their life experience, and everyone, you know, comes. To, to the table with you know with their successes and their failures and their their physical blocks and their emotional things and the, you know and 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 you just kind of just go in and you can just kind of go let's just start to undo yeah. all these things that are getting in the way of being expressive and and then when when they do that they're like you see them just kind of go oh my god such a simple idea but yet you know and they look around like Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we go, we're almost out of time. I got to ask you, you portrayed Kong in Kong Skull Island. Now, here you are. You asked to play the role of a 60-foot gorilla that's been on the screen since the 1930s. I mean, the original King Kong came out in 33, I believe. So, first of all, my question is, to get the role to play King Kong and mimic him and through, you know, through motion capture... Uh, was there an audition process or because this is such a specialty field, they came to you, they asked you, how did that go down? Yeah, they came to me and asked me if I would do it. And I said, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. It. I love it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? How would, how would we play this character? And I read the script and it was like, this is, this isn't a giant, you know, bad guy. This is a good, this is a little kid. This is a 14 year old boy. Yeah. That's what it paid. This is a 14-year-old boy with the weight of the world on his shoulders, lost his family, and now he's to protect his, you know, protect. Yeah. And, and, and he's just been burdened. He never had a, a childhood. And so 
I, I kind of played it that way, and and it was it gave him it gave him an innocence to where it was like he wasn't you know he, he you know when he got angry on he fought you know the other aliens it was obviously you know he he became Kong but um, the sensitivity was really what I wanted to portray behind it behind the eyes and get the 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 real heart of the boy you nailed it and you nailed it uh another thing i want people to know is that you're also a big time stunt coordinator um in all the movies that you portray you know these mocap motion capture characters in uh as far as stunt coordination goes um when it comes to portraying kong call obsidian rocket and planet of the apes and then you're also the stunt coordinator on the set is there a conflict there with you being the stunt coordinator and portraying these characters how does no, that get worked no. out i mean I, 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 a lot of times when i come onto a film i say you know i want to be i want to have you know i want to work very closely with the stunt guys because i'm usually training them to play characters and to double characters and to you know and you've got stuntmen that need to be actors right yeah. so it's it, it it helps it really helps to have that credit as a stunt coordinator to have their ear yeah uh, so i can hire guys that i like and I work with and they're talented and that are you know um willing to really put the work in to get the character dialed and not just come in and crank out a stunt and, yeah and, you know, and walk away so um it's 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 that beautiful crossover of you know performance and specialty work that guys are you know guys are the guys that can fall off a 20 feet you know thing onto a you know car uh you know <laughs> they need to be actors because when they when they land and they stop and they look they need to know what they're yeah. looking at they need uh. to know it's all about the moments in between it's not about the action it's about the intention that happens before the drawing of the bow and when you draw a bow the exciting part is right here it's right there. It's not when you shoot the arrow. It's yeah. like, okay, and the arrow's shot. Now, now what happens? It's you know? the anticipation. That's, it's that anticipation, exactly. It's the anticipation, and and it's the intention, um, and then it's it's landing without po like my biggest pet peeve is is posing and awareness when you're landing in a position that's that looks like superhero. That three point landing. That's my biggest pet peeve. Um, I like. I like when things are invisible and two seconds later people go, whoa, that was really cool. Why was that cool? I don't even know, man. It was just, that just went awesome. I don't, they weren't, it was like their awareness of themselves was gone. They just did it and didn't make it a thing, you know? Exactly. So I say, don't make it a thing and don't throw it away. Um, always have integrity and have that grounded rootedness and, and be past yourself. Always make that more important than me. That's the key. That's the key. Um, wow. So, yeah. Terry, I got to say, the last 27 minutes have been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on here and sharing these stories. Guys, Terry's next movie is called Nope. It's being released to theaters across the country and the world on July 22nd. Uh, to Jordan Peele movie. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts, Terry, you want to share before I guess, we go? I mean... Hoyt shot it. He's incredible. IMAX, go see it in IMAX. It's mm -hmm. going to be epic. It's going to be worth it. 
Oh, I can't wait. I can't, can't wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Terry Notary for uh, being our guest tonight. Thank you to our audience who tuned in live and those of you who will be watching this later on. On behalf of Terry and myself, stay safe, guys, and stay walking. Good night. Cheers. Thank you.